You're listening to Board Game Games Season 6, Episode 5, where I talk with designer and publisher Kirsten Lund about her first game, Ovation, as well as her experiences with the game design community in New Zealand. Thanks for listening as we continue to explore the world of tabletop gaming. Happy gaming. Hi, Kirsten. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. How about you? I'm doing well. This is Kirsten Lund. She is an American expat living in New Zealand. She used to look at, uh, work at a friendly local game store in Greeley, Colorado, um, the Nerd Store. And she is a game designer and publisher now. And we're going to talk about her current game that is on uh, Kickstarter right now. It's funding very well, which is cool to see. It's Ovation. And she also has uh, another game that uh, she's working on with Bez, who's been on the show before, too. So we'll, we'll probably get to talk about that or just whatever related, related to games that Kirsten wants to talk about. So Ovation, uh, how long have you been working on that game? Years. It was my first yeah. game. So so um, when people say your first game's not going to be very good, I promise that it's not what it was when I first, first started. So it's been, I'd say, I, I think we, we mapped it out that it's the five and a half years, um, maybe approaching six. Yeah, it's been a okay. long time coming, <laughs> but that's because I was brand new and had lots and lots to learn and lots to refine. Um, and then along the way, decided to self-publish. So I had even more to learn. <laughs> so it's taken a good amount of time, but it's it's uh, my dream first project. Yeah. Um, do you have a particular interest yourself in classical music? Uh, because that's the the setting, right, for, for the game. Um, are you a classical musician or what drew you to that setting? I, I'm not currently any, I wouldn't qualify myself or describe myself as a musician, um, but I definitely played instruments as a kid. I grew up listening to classical music. My dad was the guy in the neighborhood blaring Beethoven and Mozart instead of rock and roll, you know, he was, mm -hmm. um, uh, known for that. Uh, so I, I really appreciate classical music, but my son, I was homeschooling my son and mm -hmm. we were, um, always looking for games to enhance our learning. Mm -hmm. So one, one time we were, we found out that the Denver symphony opened their rehearsals for educational mm -hmm. purposes. Uh, so we were going to attend a re rehearsal of the Denver Symphony. They were doing the Firebird, which I thought was really good and exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, I looked for a classical music game and came up empty. <laughs> and so being a game lover my whole life, uh, I went, why isn't there a classical music game? There should be. Now, there have been some that have certainly come out in the uh, almost six years that we've been <laughs> working on this. But none of them in which you are the composer as the player. So uh, every time new ones would come out, I go, "Oh, let's see, did did uh, someone create ovation?" And and uh, I kept watching, and no one did. So I kept, I kept at it, and so it was really inspired by um, trying to educate my son a little bit, but play game first. So it's just mm -hmm. there's just some learning in there on flavor text and there's bios on the of the composers on the back that you don't mm -hmm. need to know anything about classical music and you don't have to read all of that stuff if you don't want to. There's a little bit of learning what strings, what what instruments fall into strings, what instruments might fall into woodwinds, but that's totally subtle. Um mm -hmm. and then different types of music like operas and symphonies and uh, sonatas and concertos and stuff like that just some terminology that you, you you can use in the game but it's real subtle learning it was fun first design um with education is the sneaky little side <laughs> <laughs> that's great well so that that, that is a uh, quite a while um i mean 
I know some people who have been working on games for 20 plus years and they just, for whatever reason, that game doesn't get finished, but five years, six years, that, that is quite a bit of time that, that you, your own gaming taste might've changed in that time. Did you find that you were influenced by other designers in different ways uh, during the last few years? Absolutely. There was a big shift in the game uh, design and development. Um, mm -hmm. Probably three, four, three. No, it was before we left Colorado. So probably four years ago when uh, Eric Alvarado of Talon Strikes Games said, I think you're mm -hmm. missing an opportunity with inspiration here. Inspiration at that time was just a single resource as mm -hmm. was money, Florence. So he's, I think you're missing an opportunity with inspiration because inspiration and, and music has different feelings to it. Mm -hmm. And that just completely altered the direction of the game in a really exciting mm -hmm. way. At the same time, I got some feedback about it for an engine builder. It was staying pretty even throughout mm -hmm. the game. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with an engine builder like I wanted to be working on, um, I needed that ramp up. Yeah. So I split inspiration into three tones. So you have passion, you have joy, and you have sorrow, red, yellow, and blue. And they're shaped so that they're accessible for um, colorblind friendliness. Uh, mm -hmm. And those will inform the tone of the music that you perform. And something that was always in the game was attending each other's performances. So now mm -hmm. when you attend someone's performance, you gain inspiration of the same type that that music is. So if it's a really sad opera, a really tragic sad opera, you gain sorrow, um, which just brought the game experience into a whole new place that I was really, really excited about. Uh, and then with the engine building aspect, I started designing something with training actions and, and building up um, underneath your player board, building the cards up underneath your player board so you could do bonus actions and stuff. And somebody mentioned gizmos, so I watched a thing on gizmos, and so I got inspired okay. by gizmos a bit. So you've got a little bit of a gizmos feel um, in there and definitely the influence from Eric with the with the tones of, of inspiration and then so many because i when we came to um new zealand uh, we got here and the whole world shut down <laughs> we got here right uh, in february 2020 so everybody went online and um it was a terrible time of course but there was this beautiful thing for me coming to a new place and being isolated was that I could still connect with all these wonderful gamers online, uh, game designers online. So that was hugely influential. Wonderful, wonderful community out there of designers playtesting and providing feedback and being enthusiastic and wanting it to be its best. So absolutely, I took a lot from a lot of different designs, designers, games, continue playing games and get influenced all the time. Yeah. So... That's a whole different thing uh, than there are people who enjoy the production side of things and there are people who enjoy the designing side of things. Um, they, they can definitely overlap, but but they're very different things um, for some people. So how have you been finding uh, getting into the production side of things? Like, have you? I'm guessing that you, based on your pictures of the game and so forth, that you have ordered production samples and gone through all that of picking where you're going to get it done. How, how has that gone for you? And what have you enjoyed? And what have you found difficult? Uh, that was quite. That was not what my original intention was. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and I was pitching it. I was pitching the game, and um, a lot of publishers that were interested in the mechanics were very concerned about the theme. 
uh, in terms of whether it was marketable to their community, to their their base, their customers. Um, and I totally understood that they have employees to feed. You know, they have they have much bigger stakes. Um, and I I was suggested, would you be willing to change it to a bard in a fantasy setting? Would you be willing to? What the one that I definitely was one of my catalysts for no, this is I'm gonna have to do this. Was would you be interested in changing it into social media influencers? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely not the goal and the dream. So yeah. um I hadn't intended to do it. So it has been a struggle at times um just to learn what I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's like ask questions. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm not sure what questions to ask. Uh, so I've used resources like Jamie Stegmeyer's blog. Um, I've been very fortunate here. Once we were out of lockdown, uh, the Game Artisans of New Zealand was able to get together and have a retreat. And at that retreat is Shem Phillips of Garfield mm-hmm. Games. Um, mm-hmm. You can't get much better uh, resource than that in terms of how to publish right, you know, how to do it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there once again, the community is really supportive, but it, it took, that's part of what's taken me a long time. I think my biggest struggle, it's, it's either not knowing what I don't know and then mm. trying to find what that is and, and get the resources and assistance. And then um, the second biggest struggle I continue to have is self-promotion. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you kindly responded to my post in the board game reviewers and media facebook yeah, group right yeah, yeah um but i did that well into the campaign is already underway because i just <laughs> i have such a hard time going me 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 dig me look at what i'm doing let's mm. go let's talk you know <laughs> um so success su- successfully funding and encouragement from from game designer friends that got has got me a little bit better about that but that's definitely something i can improve for if if this funds uh, well enough and we're we're looking good and well on the way, this won't be a one and done. This will be an opportunity to continue in the future. So um, I will get better at saying, hey, I have something cool and this is an opportunity for me to share something I think you'll enjoy. You know, I just change how I think about that. Plus, in getting to promote all these other friends and their stuff makes me feel good. And I know that um, they... I'm starting to learn that they'll want to hear that that Mm. folks will want to hear about it because those that would enjoy it, they need to get to know that it's out there. Right. Those are the two toughest things. Knowing what I don't know and, uh, (laughs) and getting my, getting myself out there. The once, once uh, you kind of know what you don't know that then it's, it's still a learning process. I've learned so much new tech a lot. Like, no, not another piece of new tech. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it's yeah. been it's been really satisfying and keeps me keeps me young and alive, it keeps my brain going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are you using uh, somebody for the fulfillment or are you going to just like have it shipped to a certain place? And then what, what, how are you going to handle fulfillment? Because that's the next big thing after getting this crowdfunding done, right? Yes. I talked to Sim. Okay. Said, what I do that's the easiest thing you could work with a bunch of different people in a bunch of different hubs or you Mm -hmm. can go to one and have them subcontract out to the hubs and so you just send the games there but you're only dealing with one 
entity. And he said, Gamerati's great. And I said, okay, cool. And so, so I am doing the Shem model. I am working with one and it's Gamerati. And so yeah, Gamerati is going to be handling that for me, except in New Zealand, uh, because I couldn't, I didn't want to have things going to other places and being much more expensive for the folks here in New Zealand. So I have a partner here that, uh, Hobby Games is going to help me distribute here in New Zealand. So it'll be much less expensive for my Kiwi, my Kiwi friends. <laughs> Are you finding uh, a, a different, so this, this is totally off subject from you, you publishing. This is just you yeah, as yeah. a hobbyist. Are you finding a different set of games there in New Zealand than you did when you were in the U.S.? Like things that are available to you? Um, Definitely there's, some things are harder to get here in New okay. Zealand. Sometimes the hotness will, whatever's on the hotness will be a little bit later to us. Um, and definitely things are more expensive. We're far, far from everyone. Mm-hmm. So uh, it has to, things have to ship here. And that is not inexpensive at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting conundrum. But uh, largely people are getting, I have friends who get the new hotness and I get to play it because they bought it. <laughs> uh so it's not I, I, it's not vastly different and the, the games themselves are are the same popular game yeah yeah i, I just don't know if maybe you're finding new and exciting things to you maybe from uh the, the uh pacific region that, that there, we might not yeah yeah there are some um there's uh since the other game i'm working on currently is a word game there's a, a really wonderful word game called ketos k-i-i-t-o-s Ketos, which is not widely distributed, but it's a really clever, cool word game. And uh, and that's one of the delights that I that's here in New Zealand. I think part of it is we, we have a, the Game Artisans of New Zealand that I mentioned has Shem and Bobby Hill who designed Hadrian's mm-hmm. Wall and um, uh, the the trio of, from Badgers from Mars who designed Regicide. I, the, the New Zealand designers yep. are killing it, but they're killing it so much that you've heard of those games, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <can get> those <laughs> games. So, uh, so we do have some gems here that aren't making it across uh, the Pacific to you, but there's also a lot of uh, games that are just so good there that you you've played them, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's but that's really exciting. There's another one that just finished recently called Lindy Hop, and there, so there's some local, definitely local designer uh, designers and and stuff that doesn't necessarily bust worldwide um cheeky parrot games has a lot of titles that are um available worldwide but are some of them are just treasures more treasures for us here in new zealand but it's it's exciting to see both the local and the the wow gem <laughs> killing it again <laughs> you know yeah, it's yeah. really cool or um, regicide legacy which is that they're working on which everybody needs to play i need it my son is like we have to get it yes we do we will <laughs> um so does your son still play your game like like how how is that going in terms of level of funness for you do do you still want to play ovation or go ahead that's a really good question and and yes um he's very um excited and protective of it he knows that he's a large part of why it even exists and uh, he's been a great play tester for me he has obviously changed quite a bit in his and his personality and his voice and how tall he is in the amount of time that it's taken me to design this thing. Um, 
<laughs> so he, he has definitely um, grown a lot and developed a lot, but he still enjoys playing it, is still excited, still willing. He'll go with me if, like, I did a, a local game group said, hey, why don't you come talk to us about designing a game, publishing a game that'll be really interesting to our group, and then go play. And he came with me and was happy to play it with with folks again and he actually at wellycon our biggest convention he actually mm -hmm. managed my booth for a while while i went and did the uh, an event to demo it he managed the booth and taught people the game and later a gal came up and said i just wanted to tell you your son was fantastic he taught me the game and he was really enthusiastic <laughs> so so he's yeah. been my my little uh, best mate he came with me to the WellyCon this year it was just the two of us my husband and youngest daughter couldn't make it but he's uh he's definitely my partner in crime on it and so yeah we still we actually still I don't mind playing it I'll play it again and again um thank goodness yeah yeah <laughs> well, so I, I, I mean, if I tired of it it would be really painful <laughs> well yeah there, there, there's sometimes a hard thing of, of like okay i i had to do this so much via playtest and everything else that like i know it's a good game and i like it but i'd rather not play it but that, that's interesting and good that you still like <laughs> playing your game um yeah i did i went to a littler con this most recently and um uh one of my favorite moments uh, of the of of all the times I've play tested it came or played it came with this gentleman who walked up with tinted glasses on, and mm -hmm. <clears throat> I didn't think anything of them, but it became notable because he said, "Oh, I'm wearing these because I'm colorblind," and I said, "This is mm -hmm. wonderful. I have worked so hard to make this colorblind accessible." but I've only used tools. I haven't gotten to talk to a human. Oh, would you please be willing to play? I, and because he had approached me saying, how can I play? I'm like, please play, please. So mm -hmm. he, he took, he whipped the glasses off and went, let's give it a go. And so, <laughs> so I, as I taught the game, I said, how do these look for you? How, how about this? Is this distinct from this? Um, so it took me a little longer to teach him than other folks, um, just to make sure. Mm -hmm. And he was like, nope, everything's looking good. I can tell the difference between this, this, and this. Um, and we played the whole game out. And then he beat me. So it's still, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't nominate everybody at all times. <clears throat> and attending people's performances is still delightful to me. And <laughs> so I still enjoy that part of the game so very much. And then the composers are slightly asymmetric, mm -hmm. which I mm -hmm. did um, largely about who they are as composers. So Beethoven gets a discount on passion because I find Beethoven to be a really passionate composer. Um, uh, Mozart gets a discount on joy. Haydn gets a discount on all the concert music because he was his patrons were always the super elite and he was always quite wealthy. And so he mm -hmm. never had any trouble with the big, big concerts. He was always the big cheese himself. So, um, so I had fun with those. So it's, it's unique every time playing with different players is unique every time. And uh, it doesn't hurt that I just love games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what's your favorite game other than your own then? You know, I was asked that recently and I did pick, I picked uh, Concordia, okay. uh, which is one of my favorite, favorite games. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't have any of that, that same kind of interaction, but um, I just love how elegant it is, how the decisions are so interesting. There's so many choices with a simple set of cards. The mechanics mm -hmm. 
are very smooth and fluid and not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But the decision space is so great and there's so much to think about. And and then of course, marvelous bits. I love the the tokens. I love the shape yeah. tokens and stuff like that, which you find mm-hmm. in Ovation too. I have my shaped inspiration, my little music notes. <laughs> and I'm sure that's inspired in part by loving Concordia and, and the little mm-hmm. wine and the, <laughs> all yeah, of that yeah, yeah. stuff, the little linen, you know, whatever, the, all the all the different bits. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that one's one I, I've named. Um, it's tough though, isn't it, to pick a baby? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the good thing is, is you you can change your mind. It's it's not yeah. like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'll always. Uh, go ahead. So that's why that's why I picked it. It'll always be up, up in the top for me. Yeah. Um, if you could go back and change anything in the last couple months related to the Kickstarter, and I know you kind of mentioned doing self-promotion a little better but but like specifically related to how you would do your kickstarter for example maybe an advice that you would give yourself or somebody else doing their uh, kickstarter for the first time what what would you do differently um i think i would probably i set myself a date and there were times i thought maybe i should push it back a little bit to give myself Mm -hmm. time to get the um to get the game to different cart kick uh, content creators mm-hmm. and and get more content more reviews um blog posts that sort of thing and and also try to drive up the followers i mean i had a good number of followers i had about 600 followers at, uh, when mm-hmm. i launched which was which felt good um but i i've definitely seen ones with more and i think if i'd given myself just that little bit more time because as i mentioned that struggle with self-promotion made mm-hmm. So that I was delayed with some of the things that I should have been Mm -hmm. doing before then. So I think um, giving myself the grace to delay it a little bit if necessary. I just delayed so long. (laughs) I didn't didn't want to. And I was like, 600 is great. Let's go for it. Um, So, yeah, I think that would be the big one is that you don't have to launch on X date that you can make sure that the, it's ready and it's ready to, to succeed. Now we have funded successfully and it's going well and I'm very happy, but that I, I think it could maybe have reached even more people in that little Venn diagram of people who love board games and love classical music. Although as I keep trying to encourage people, you don't have to know or love classical music to play. Um, it's, it's, it's a game first and foremost, you know, and you're managing resources and you're, mm-hmm. and you're trying to win and stuff like that. And all of it's iconography driven. And so you don't have to even talk about the music if you don't want, but most people get into it in spite mm-hmm. of themselves. <laughs> but uh, yeah, getting, yeah, that would probably be it. It's just maybe delay a little bit, get the word out more, give more time to content creators. Um, I've had a lot of content creators apologize to me for timing I say, no, I've been very last minute for you. So please fit this into your life, your life, your family, all the important things come first. Mm -hmm. Ovation and I are A-OK, we funded. But (laughs) so fit this into your world. Um, But they're Mm -hmm. really kind. A lot of content creators are really um, conscientious about getting it to you and wanting to help um, because they do it for passion too. Like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. you do it for the love of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So they do love it and they want to help. But at the same time, I was very last minute. So we're mm-hmm. giving each other grace on timing. <laughs> and so yeah. give yourself grace on timing. 
Yeah. Um, so you're working on another game. You won the 2022 L deck uh, um, contest that Bez had going on. Uh, we, yeah. we mentioned that briefly. Um, how is that going? So your version, you said, is mission-based, which I haven't seen with the L deck. That's interesting. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, tell me more about that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of games that you still enjoy playing, I I just have so much fun with this one. Um, and we have to play test it a lot because it is mission based. There will be 50, 50 quests um, with questable and it's a cooperative <laughs> word building game. So yeah. uh, as a team, you'll have the cards in your hand and you're trying to build up. You play one card at a time and try to build up words. But there's a quest each time as to what what length of words they can be and, and specific things that you're trying to do, whether that's um, a maximum of one vowel per word, or sometimes it's based on the numbers on the cards and the words, the words have to total less than 15 or more than 20. Um, the, there are different levels. So there's everything from easy, normal, then we get the tricky, fiendish, and then fully diet diabolical <laughs> diabolical levels so one of my favorite diabolical levels is use every single letter of the alphabet um and it that's a really challenging one when, when you with, when you succeed with a single that, word not with a single word okay but, okay but making multiple the words have to be at least five letters long yeah and you just have the deck and so there are six letters that are one appear once in the deck there are th three letters that appear twice in the deck. So you're you, like, if, have we used all the Fs? We've, we've sunk ourselves, right? There's only two yeah. Fs. <laughs> yeah. um, and then J, K, Q, V, X, and Z are only once. And that's, there's a story that's going with it too. And we're going to work it out so it can be kind of um, almost uh, choose your own adventure-esque where you can skip ahead and go fight, fight the combat, the monster or whatever. And so mm -hmm. it's, um, uh, our nemesis with J K Q V X and Z is Jack Q Vexes, and he's he's our our evil wizard. <laughs> so that's that we're fighting against, and it's just it's just so fun. Her deck is so uh, perfect for this. I had been thinking about doing that kind of a game, but I hadn't designed the deck to go with it. And then I saw the mm. contest, and I went, "Wait a minute, this could be the thing," because the deck has letters on the top letters on the bottom it has numbers on them based on the frequency the letters appear in the deck it has different suits different borders on the cards so there's so much design space it's like we're designing a bunch of little mini games and so it, it's just expressing our creativity and having fun with it and then play testing it I, i've had reactions uh kind of unlike anything else i've designed they've been really positive in the game designer groups and stuff um, people are willing to keep playing and testing different levels for us. People are like, Hey, send me this stuff. I'll, I'll test it. I'll test it at home. Um, I have a friend who, uh, is a heavy gamer, very mm -hmm. heavy gamer. And he's, he was just talking to me last night about what's going on with it. This game, that game is so good. <laughs> it's not, and it really, in his normal wheelhouse, but he, he's like, my family's going to love it. You got you got to keep working on it. So it's just been really exciting. And Bez and I meet and talk every week um, oh, awesome. as we're developing it together and talk about our playtest results. And um, I think between the two of us, we're just getting the best of both of our brain power and having a lot of fun with it. 
that, that's awesome. And she's going to be closer. If I don't know when she, she's moving at some point, she's going to be closer in, in uh, time to you soon too. So that'll, that'll help. That's right. that. Yeah. yeah. So. Thailand is definitely closer. <laughs> <laughs> closer. Yeah. At this point I put it in Google, a Google calendar based on the other person's time zone and let Google calendar figure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's really, that's really challenging living so far yeah. from everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anything else that you want to tell people about? I mean, your campaign is going on for, uh, let me look at the date here for, I, I can't find the two date more now. Weeks. Where did, two, <laughs> two more weeks. weeks. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two more weeks. So by the time that this air, it might be a couple of days before this air. So at least another week, yeah. uh, yeah, will week be going on. And then you have, uh, your, um, what, what, what's the name of this version of the old deck? Oh, Questable. What? Questable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and and then anything else you want to let people know about that, that they should look forward that you're doing or just other I, projects that you enjoy that, that you want to let people know about? Yeah, I am. I have lots of lots of bug bit. I have lots of things I'm working on and enjoying working on. Um, but I think the other project I'm really excited about that everybody should check out is shelf care which is um also live on kickstarter right now which is a coloring book mm -hmm. featuring art tabletop um inspired art from all of these amazing artists including the graphic artists from ovation john oh, okay, merchant cool. john merchant is so talented when people keep saying how beautiful ovation looks and how clean the graphic design is that, that makes it really smooth to play i just keep going john john's amazing <laughs> he does great work and then when people love the characters i talk about zubbles because they zubbles is the artist and they both just do such great things so john is in that as well as um tyler from cover studios and they did our, my photos for me and my how to play and they're marvelous people tyler and Elia. um so yeah. i'm excited to be supporting that and i think everybody should check that one out too by violet Very daisy cool. games so that, yeah. that's my other i'm excited about what's happening in the community because that's a really new and creative and just wonderful project that's going to feature so many talented artists very cool well, and thank we you couldn't so much. do this without them <laughs> oh yeah and well it sounds like you're, you've been very connected and and uh i, I think people are both appreciative of, of you and it sounds like you're appreciative of them too so that, that's really cool to hear that community that's, that's happened right. yeah 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 uh, well, thank you so much uh, for your time and best of luck with all your ventures. And I hope to see more of what you design soon. Um, Ovation, you. when will when will Ovation be fulfilling to people? Um, that's a little tough because we have more art to do. So it's going to okay. depend a bit on our artists. But the goal is to have it to people by the end of the first quarter of 2024. Cool. Okay. So yeah. hopefully Ovation will be out in the wild first quarter of 2024. But flexibility there because stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, and art takes that creative spark and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. But we have ten backers who are going to be in the game, so uh, Zubbles is going to get their their pictures and draw, including Shem. He's one of our backers. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but he's <laughs> he's he's going to be in the game. Let's just put it that way, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> so very that'll cool. take time to get Shem just right, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Kirsten. Appreciate your time. And 
you have a good weekend uh, down in New Zealand. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking with me. Yeah. You've just been listening to Board Game Games Season 6, Episode 5, as a talk with game designer and publisher Kirsten Lynn, who's an American expatriate in New Zealand, about her experiences designing and publishing. Thanks for listening as we continue to explore the world of tip Happy gaming, catch you later.